Hey, Peter. Hey, Adam. Uh, are we going to be able to make it through this entire episode without anything breaking, going wrong, or without you getting another snack? Um, likely no. I'm hungry and hangry. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Daily music advice coming at you. Coming at you today, brought to you by Open Studio. Go to openstudiojazz.com for all your jazz lessons. Needs. I threw that back mm. in. That's a throwback from early. We're back that's, on that, huh? That's pre-pandemic, Adam, right there. Pre-pandemic. Can you see how excited I am about that being back as you, part you of the never, shtick, as it were? never appreciated that. You never appreciated that. We, we are here on Instagram. We are, uh, we're taking your questions. We're here on Instagram every Saturday afternoon at uh, 2 p.m. Well, it's afternoon for us. 2 p.m. Yes. Eastern Standard Time. That's 2 p.m. New York time. So yeah. come hang with us and ask us your questions. We've already got some good ones, but we already have a question uh, that we are going to ask ourselves because yes. we've had an interesting 24-hour period, really. Yes. Um, Besides so, the normal, uh, uh, you know, world burning itself up. Uh, that's right. It, it's right. been we, happening the last 72 hours or so. Right. We've had some just very minor compared to that problems. Uh, not problems, just um, uh, challenges. Challenges. Yes. We look at them as challenges. But the question we wanted to ask ourselves was, what do we do as pianists specifically? And then maybe we, we kind of scale it out to all instruments. But what do we do when stuff... Yeah, let's, you know what? Let's just say everybody. What do we do when something goes wrong on the bandstand? Now, what we're talking about going wrong, we don't mean, oh, I played a phrase that it was supposed to be bluesy, but it was beboppy. Or we, uh, you know, played a sharp 11 when the bass player played the regular 11th. Not that kind of thing that are kind of part of the music and just part of the uh, the flow of things. But this is more like uh, the string breaks on the piano. Uh, the top of the lid falls down. The power goes out. Now, I've been in that situation a couple times. Yep. Outdoor gig, it starts raining. Like yep. anything kind of environmental outside of the actual yep. just notes that you're playing and stuff. Like what do we do? How do you keep your cool? What do you um, kind of do? And maybe I'll just kick it off with one thing that may seem obvious, but let's just get this out there, is evaluate the safety scenario. If you're playing outdoors and it's not covered and it starts raining or lightning, you need to abandon the gig. This yeah. is not like the captain of the ship where you have to be the last one on no we're playing music and sometimes you know and i've actually been in that situation recently chicago jazz festival man a storm came it's beautiful playing outside at that pritzker pavilion there millennium park yeah um and uh it's i mean actually the stage is covered but the audience is mostly it's lawn it's beautiful and there's like you know fifteen thousand people out there we were pl- I was playing with Diane Rees in the band, and Diane hadn't even come out yet. We're playing a tune first, just the quartet. And um, this storm just came off of Lake Michigan, just like, woo. And it came over, and um, it started raining so hard. People were running out, and it was like lightning. And so I kind of got up, and, and one of the stage hands was a little bit like, like motion go, but I was like, no, 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 we're, we're cutting now. Yeah, we're not, light, this lightning is, a- is happening. Yeah. And we're all very- standing around electrical cables with <laughs> wet. Exactly. They're wet now. I'm out. Yeah. Exactly. And then, so we kind of stopped and came over to the side, and I was like, who's responsible for calling? Anyway, this is not important, the rest of the story, but it's important, like, safety is the first thing. But normally, that's not that big of an issue, except yeah. outdoors. I mean, you see it in TV and movies where the band is playing as the Titanic goes down, but in my experience, if there's any safety, 
uh, questions at all. The musicians are the first one. We know the way in that's like the secret way in from the back. You know what I mean? Because that's, right. that's, that's where they made us come in. And right. so we're out. We're through the kitchen and we're out. I remember once I was in high school and I was playing with a blues band in this really seedy bar in St. Charles, Missouri. And a enormous fist fight broke out right in front of me. Like I'm playing, I'm like 17. I'm playing, you know, like Sweet Home Chicago or something. And this huge, I think one guy took the, took another guy's leather jacket and then they just started beating the hell out of each other. I was it was like it was like the Blues Brothers or something. I was out of there. I was like time time to go. Time for little right. Adam to get up and get out. So yeah, do, right. do consider your safety first. Uh, but right. other than that, I think other yes. than that, you, there's, there's some things to evaluate. Like, you know, uh, any kind of technical issues, if you can still make some sounds somehow, you are going to get so much credit from the audience for just <laughs> right. continuing to try to put on a show. That right. I mean, like you, like I've been in situations where the power's gone out and then the singer just puts the mic down and I grab the acoustic guitar or something, you know, and we just do something. Right. And we, we the show must go on. And, and those can be actually very special moments, like really, really magical things can happen when everybody's right. in that kind of like uneasy situation. And then you provide them with, uh, you know, kind of kind of wow them like we don't need all this fancy lights and synthesizers. We can do everything just like right here with with our minds and our little. Yeah, hands, yeah. You know what I mean? So, well, and it's nice because it's like a real member MTV unplugged. I don't know if you're you're uh, uh, yeah, no, too young course. to remember no, of course, that. Of course, of course. Yeah. But that was, you know, I always thought that was funny because they would never actually unplug. It wasn't an entirely acoustic. It was just more acoustic than whatever they were normally doing. Right. But what you're talking about when the power goes out, I mean, you're going straight acoustic. There's no like, oh, I'm playing just a, a Fender Rhodes instead of a Rhodes sound. Right. No, no, no. You right. are playing. Yeah, and if, and if your instrument can only produce sound with electricity, you're singing. Yeah. You're singing off mic. Or you're clapping. Or you grab a tambourine or <laughs> yeah. something. Uh, yeah. But uh, let's maybe talk specifically about instrument failures because yeah. it is a thing when a string breaks or a piano goes terribly out of tune in a very uh, um, unfortuitous place on the instrument itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how do you deal like last night? Right. So and no one probably noticed, but you had a damper that was from the from the get really causing you uh, some headaches. Right. And so. Yeah. What do you do? It's, it, you know, in, in my experience, like trying to avoid it is, is maybe the worst option. You know, that, that to me is like, I don't know if I can do that. Cause then you're, then you're in your head. Well, I can't hit that F, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, I mean, yeah. it, you can make something out of that for sure. But I think trying to find something with it, you know, trying to do something with it could be even, even more uh, beneficial than trying to just straight up avoid it. But I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I, well, whenever I end up trying to avoid it, it it's kind of, um, you know, you end up playing it more, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it gets in your head. The important thing with, like, with a damper or a broken string or whatever is not so much to avoid it, but is to avoid thinking about it. So it's like whatever, whatever it would help you to, if, even if you could avoid that note or that register or whatever, um, the fact that you have to keep thinking about that can throw you off your game for the other things that are more important. And for, from a piano standpoint, for the listener, there's no one note that's that important. There's actually not even, I mean, think about the 20, 30 notes we hardly ever play at all. 
Now, granted, they're probably towards the edges of the keyboard. So, you know, when something, but look, something is going to go wrong at some point. So it's like, be prepared mentally for that. And when it does go wrong and like a string breaks or something, it's not usually way up at the top or the bottom where it's out of the range. It's right where you're playing because you probably broke the string by right. playing too hard. Exactly. Um, so, you know, you just have to kind of almost, I, I sometimes with the, the damper to me is actually harder than the broken string because the broken string I can use my imagination when I play it. Like if I'm kind of trying to hear what I'm playing. Yeah. To me, the damper is harder because like it's just out of control. Like you cannot control that note from ringing over. Um, you know, I was I'll actually I played a Rhodes uh, like a few months ago, right before all this went down, in a studio session that yeah. had a like broken like right in the meat of like just below middle C, like a broken F or something. Yeah. And it just it just made a thud sound. Th. And yeah. I just started using that as like a rhythmic right. thing, you know, just like yeah. where that would be. It was like, right. you know, as like a drum almost. You can you can definitely do that. And I, I like that idea more than just trying to avoid it. Or I mean, at least don't think about it like can't hit it. You know what I mean? Think of something right. to do with it. Right, right, right. And so basically you're using the classic uh, technique of making lemonade out of lemons. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. So let's do um, uh, let's do one more question. Let's do one more okay. question for this one. Uh, we have this is a good one. Uh, Joel Ross Sounds says, "What advice would you give to someone applying for a jazz performance degree this year, aka me?" <laughs> He's asking for a friend, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Not for a friend, for Joel himself. Applying for, like, to go into a program? It sounds like it, yeah. What advice would you give someone this year? I mean, Joel, the first thing I think of is, like, you know, I, 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 really, don't, I really don't know off the top of my head what to tell you because this is such a weird year yeah. that's never, ever happened before, you know? Um, well, 1918, yeah, uh, Spanish well, flu pandemic. Didn't have a lot of experience with the Spanish flu, but, you and know. There weren't a lot of jazz programs back then. No, there was some jazz. Jazz, jazz, jazz programs, programs yeah. for sure. Um. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's always good to look at, you know, kind of what is different about the situation from, excuse me, I'm not, I'm not going to eat, I'm going to sneeze. Hold Here, why don't you tell them what you think, and then I'll come back and tell them what I think, okay? <laughs> this is all free, right? This is a free, this is a free podcast? Sorry, I thought I had to sneeze. <laughs> I, anyway, okay, so... Um, you know, so we think about what is it that's going to be unique during this time. I think the main thing would be the possibility of maybe the audition is not going to, the application process is going to be different than usual, where it's very heavily weighted on the in-person audition, you know. Um, so maybe you're kind of supporting material, sending a video, and those kind of things become more important. So my advice would be if you're going to apply is like really think about how you're presenting yourself. Uh, so that you can show yourself in the in the best light. A lot of times, you know, having been on some auditions, uh, and I know you have too, Adam. It's like on both sides of auditions. You know, when you're the, you know, the applicant, what you think is important is very different than the, the most of the people sitting on the other side of the desk and what they are evaluating. So it's the kind of time when you're not necessarily thinking of. Well, they are the audience, but it's not like an audience at a gig because they've just heard thirty other people. You know you know play the same same three songs that they can pick from so you yeah. have to kind of stand out but 
similar thing, but not exactly in the same way when you're sending in a video or audio. First of all, my advice is if you are sending in, they give you a choice of video and audio, do video and audio. Don't do just the audio uh, because the video has just such an impact. I know it shouldn't, but it does. I mean, like that's a way to set yourself apart because a lot of people are shy or they think, oh, I'm playing, my playing is so good, it'll stand on its own. You're not that good and it doesn't stand on its own. I can just tell you that, you know. Um, and you're really at a competitive advantage, I feel. Now, you're going to hear a lot of things, you know, schools will say, officially, it does not make a difference. You're only evaluated on your playing. But the performance, is it's the whole thing, you know. Yeah, it's humans, so. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. the quality of your playing and, and, and your presentation, of course, is the most important. But the quality of the video and audio does make a difference. It, it makes it so that easier to be able to hear what you have to offer, you yep. know. And so really put, you know, within within what you can do budget wise and everything. I mean, we've all heard, you know, audition videos and 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 um, audio recordings that were incredible quality. They go in the best studio and everything. And, you know, he or she can't play at all. And so that's that's not going to work. But, you know, you want to get the quality as good as you can. Of course, the music is the most important. I don't know. What else do you think? Yeah, I think uh, for audition wise, one of the most important things that you can do is be very confident and that one of the things they're looking for is, yeah, can this person play, but do they have something to say? And are they confident enough to say it to me right here? You know, it's a, it's a nerve wracking thing to audition. And so be confident with it, you know, be cocky with it almost like this is what yeah. I'm throwing down. This is what That's right. I'm That's here right. to do and I'm going to do it for you, you know? Yeah. And then when my advice, like when you start college, when you start music school, music school is a head trip, man, especially nowadays, because Depending on where you go, I mean, almost anywhere you go, though, there's just so much variety, even amongst like a jazz program of what you mm -hmm. can study and the paths you can take. It really messed me up for the first year I was there. Like, what do I want? What kind of musician do I want to be? I've got all these great musicians around me and they play way. They're telling me opposite things in some cases yeah. from like, you know, the bebop traditionalists to like some of the like free guys. And I like both the way everybody plays. But what, what do I do? My advice is like really like ask yourself like what kind of music do i really love right now what is what do mm. I, what am i feeling right now what is at the core of my sound and who i want to be who are my heroes and what's the path at this school that gets me closest to those heroes like that gets me on those guardrails yeah you're going to learn different things you're going to have to take counterpoint classes and you're going to have to learn about bebop if you don't want to know about bebop you should anyway but you know if you if your thing is, you know, Chick Corea, find the people that are most like that and then just hit that as hard as you can, as early as you can, because you're just going to get that much more of a head start and get the ball rolling of your uh, your scene, right? Like the scene that you're about to form around you, which is going to happen no matter what you do. But like, you don't want to be in the scene where everybody's like, I don't know what I want to do with music. I, I don't know music. Like, don't get confused. Like, be very clear, like, or as clear as possible. Like, I really love this kind of music and I'm just going to really get as deep into that and then find the people that know all about like again if it's Chick Corea this is an example if it's Chick Corea like where were Chick's influences and then learn all about those people and that you're going to have these opportunities very very soon so take advantage of that as, as quickly yep. as possible that's awesome stuff man you laid it down that's right you were, you, I mean you remember Adam like it was just yesterday you up at the new school the way you're talking man good memory <laughs> <laughs> 
I, uh, but also, I think that these things are, are kind of timeless. You know, like there's similar, you know, my dad, my mom both went to music school and stuff. And a lot of these same issues, they, I mean, this never really changes. Yeah. Schools change and programs change. The faculty it's not, changes. It's not but, even schools, too. It's like scenes in general. If you're just yeah. going to a new scene, like find your people, you know, and be clear yeah. about who you are and be confident about this That's is right. what I have to say, even if it's not exactly what everybody else is doing or even if you're not the best player in the school like you have something to say and so be confident right. that. that's right good stuff well great uh well today we are brought to you as we normally are as we often are by openstudiojazz.com please go check out what's happening over there because it's a lot you know and we would direct you to one particular place for your jumping off point on your voyage of all things online jazz at Open Studio Jazz. And that would be openstudiojazz.com slash live, where we have weekly weekly updates, right, to yeah, the schedule? We, we have a weekly schedule posted, uh, and you can see... I mean, we're doing things multiple times a day. We're doing two things today. We have this, and yep. then our friend Omer Labombo is playing a yes. duo concert somehow. I think they're trading. They're uh, trading. With, Bi-coastal. 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 Fabulous yep. young concert. Um with a guy named Chico Pinero. It's amazing. Chico, Chico, Chico. Chico. Sorry. Come on, man. It's Portuguese, Pinero. not Spanish. Oh, Pinero. That was very good, though. Uh, yeah, so check that out. OpenStudioJazz.com slash live. And our events, you know, we have events that are open to everybody and that are live. And then we have events that are open to everyone and are live but are not archived. Um, you have to be there for those. Uh, kind of like this today, I believe. Um, and then we have events that are members only, but I think that there's something for everybody. And um, we're, we've been enjoying seeing our members and just the community in general, the, gl- the global jazz community. It's been really, really a, a beautiful thing. For sure. And until next time. You'll hear it. <laughs>